and they didn't really have a sales issue yet. In a couple of years, they're going to say, how am I going to grow my business? How do I get more customers? I just want more customers, right? But like... Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Brian Kruisberger of Breakthrough Email. Now, Breakthrough Email is probably the, uh, the best-rated cold email system I've ever found online or even, even heard of. And uh, the great thing about it and why I thought this, uh, today's, you know, today's episode would make a great, uh, I think it would be really good, is that you can, a lot of people come to me and they ask you, how do you get clients? When you're starting out, how do you go and get clients? Or even when you've been doing this for a while, how do you go and get clients? If you don't have an email list, if you don't have a website, or if you don't have any sort of normal way to go and do it. And, uh, you know, that's where cold emailing comes in. But the problem is most people go and do cold email and the response rates are, you know, less than 10%, sometimes down at like one or 2%. So you're sending 100 emails and maybe getting one or two to reply to you. And uh, usually it's with companies that don't even have that much money. They're at the lower end. Uh, and if you're emailing people at the higher end, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollar revenues and above, you're probably not even getting a replies, period. And so what, uh, what's great about this system uh, and what I like about it is that it allows you to go after anyone uh, at any level. And you can go in and you get these amazing response rates at companies where most people would never, ever, ever be able to get an appointment. And so I thought we'd get Brian on, have a chat about how to do it, uh, the nitty-gritty, and uh, so you can walk away and apply it in your own business. So yeah, Brian, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Cool. Good to have you. Uh, before we get into sort of like the, the nitty-gritty of what this strategy is and how it works, can you give the listener a bit more of a background on who you are and what you do? Sure. So who I am and what I do... Uh, so we essentially help companies generate leads, you know, and find new business, uh, and also you know increase conversion for sales. Who I am as a person, uh, you know, I grew up in Northern California, graduated college after 9/11, and was trying to get a job and just couldn't find a job anywhere. And you know, that's really kind of the origination of where I started realizing just the value of connections and contacts because, you know, I, I wanted to get into consulting, wanted to get a job and, you know, I just, I had no contacts. So I ended up getting a job in sales and I was uh, essentially cold calling every day working for an Oracle consulting firm down in Southern California and I just hated it. You know, we had great products, great service, uh, but you know, no one had ever heard of us, and it was you know my job to go out and and sell. And you know, typically, like our my sales manager would just say, like, listen, you got to pound the phone. It's a numbers game. And from what I found, it's it's actually not a numbers game. And if you're cold calling, you're just you're wasting a lot of your own time, just because people aren't there. The the pickup rate's not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, fast forward years later. I was in New York City, still, you know, in charge of, you know, my own book of business, selling advertising to, you know, Best Buy, McDonald's, those types of companies. And, and that's when I discovered cold emailing. And, you know, really my life changed within about 18 months of learning how to use email to get meetings because I was able to find the actual decision makers who could buy our products and services. Uh, at that time, we were selling advertising space. 
but um, you know, really, it changed everything for me. And and I did not tell a soul <laughs> once I learned, mm. you know, this secret because this was my superpower. But now we, you know, now we help companies and we help uh, primarily enterprise companies, you know, get their foot in the door with Fortune thousand type decision makers. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I like it too. I like how it sort of come together because a lot of people put together systems uh, and they're not really based in reality. They sort of sit down and come up and go, "What? What can I sell?" But I like how this is developed from just the trenches you've been in there doing it so so yeah so all right so what we chatted about before we just hit record then is instead of just going through running through sort of a conceptual list of you know tips and tricks and sort of how to do it would make it uh, make it more of a case study and uh, it'd be based on this idea of right now in my own business I've realized that if you've been listening to this podcast it's been going for over two years now and uh, some of the mistakes I've made over the last few years is one thing was never doing recurring revenue, which is a sort of a long story, maybe time for another episode. Another thing was never defining the target, uh, the target I was going after, the target prospect. And what I mean by that is with this podcast, if you ask me what the audience is, I'd be able to tell you. I wouldn't really be able to tell you. I'd say that anyone who listens is interested in email marketing, but that's not saying much because anyone who's in business and wants to get clients or customers is probably going to be interested in email, in email marketing to some capacity. So it doesn't give... It uh, doesn't give me much information on how to go and find those people. And so what I realized is that business gets a lot easier when you can clearly define who you're going after, what problem you're solving for them. And it also becomes much more scalable because if you have a customer who's the same, is a very clear target, you can go after, you know, there's thousands of them out there in the world. If you can figure out how to reach them, you can sell them the same thing over and over and over again to all the different ones. It's easy to systemize, easy to scale, it's easy to find them. So with all that, I've decided to go in, the first direction I'm uh, testing and going in is e-commerce email marketing because they all use the same software. Uh, they all have relatively the same software. They all do the same thing. They sell physical products. And as far as the email marketing is concerned, they, are, they all have fairly similar needs for the most part. So it's a, it's a very clear type of prospect and it's a very clear offer that I'm giving them. And it's a no-brainer because in some cases it can increase their revenue by up to 50%. So for a $10 million company, that's $5 million from email. So it's great upside. Um, so with all of that, to get back to the, uh, the cold emailing aspect is now I'm faced with this challenge of, well, how do I go out to these people and how do I go and find them? And, and so we thought instead of, like I said, doing the conceptual list of tips and tricks and stuff that we'd go through uh, Brian's breakthrough email system and how would you apply that, how you would apply that to, say, going after these e-commerce clients. So I'm, I'm all ears for this. I'm actually really interested to see where this goes. So what's, uh, where do we start with this, Brian? Let's see. So where, like, how did you decide e-commerce for you? Well, I think part of it was realizing that uh, I think one of the you know big mistake I mentioned was not doing recurring revenue. The whole reason why I was friends probably you know I think that's a long story. But basically, I started to think you know how can I restructure things or how can I go and find a client where I can offer some sort of recurring revenue service. Mm-hmm. And uh, e-commerce seemed like oh, e-commerce is something I've thought about for a long time. I just haven't sort of pursued it. But they have I mean there's like a setup thing that they need to do. They need to set up a whole bunch of automated campaigns, but they also need to do ongoing. There's, I mean, there's ongoing newsletters and promotions and ongoing development of all the different funnels that they, you know, may have. And so, yeah. So, have you done? Have you done e-commerce? Have you helped some clients out for, with e-commerce? I, yeah, we've got, I got one client right now. We're just running a promotion for this week. Okay. And we got a few more as well that we just we've just started working with. So, so my approach, like for any business, and this works for anybody listening, is is first just identify like who your top customers are. Right by revenue, by profitability, last year, a couple of years, like who who are the outliers? You know who's number one, two, three, like to ten, mm-hmm. and just write them out. Right. So okay, who who based on everything that I'm doing is paying me the most amount of money? 
and what's the profile of those people. So, so hopefully e-commerce, because strategy is like your strategy is the first thing, right? Are we contacting the people that are going to respond and, you know, you already have a lot of like expertise and credibility in that space. Mm. Does that match up for you? Yeah, or, I think or, so. Well, yeah. there's, there's things where like it's, it's like the thing about the, like my business and probably a lot of my position in the business is you can go out and sell, say, a sales letter for or, you know, some sort of sales funnel for 10000 20000 or 50000 depending on the client. So it's good money in that sense. But then what ends up happening is you have a good month and then the next month on day one, you start at $0 again and you've got to start getting on calls and emailing people and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I think partly it's about goals. It's like what I want to have is a business that on day one, I'm already starting at say at least $10,000 or $20,000 revenue. Um, that's important to me for some probably some, so some of the long-term vision or the long-term things I'm trying to achieve. And so I would prefer that over having an amazing month and then having a bad month or two. Um, and then, so that was the aspect of going after looking at, all right, well, so I need to find people who can afford to pay, can afford to pay for decently high, you know, so let me not be able to pay 5,000, 10,000 for a setup, maybe $20,000 for a setup fee and then mm-hmm. a monthly retainer for like managed services. Um, yeah. So like they, they have an ongoing need. They have an ongoing need, right. Whereas if I go and sell a sales funnel to someone, in some cases I might be able to like get a percentage, you know, percentage of the cut of the revenue of that funnel. But some, I mean, those deals they're not they're not that common and they're not always reliable so yeah it's looking for more ways basically to find like it's it's i need like an abundant source of customers that need or clients that need that ongoing service and to e-commerce seem like the natural thing because you can go and find companies that you can they're easy to find based on revenue as well because you can just go look at their alexa ranking which gives you a decent indication uh sometimes the revenue is published online anyway uh so it's it seems like it's, as far as how much you charge, it's just a uh, relation to what's their revenue and then what sort of impact can you make for them. So, yeah. So, so, so right now, so if if we had like look at the the three steps or how I think about cold emailing, there's you know who you send to, right? Who you send your email to. There's what you send, and then there's how you send it. Like what systems do you use? Are you using ToutApp or BuzzBuilder or using Outlook or Gmail or you know what, whatever it may be. Um, the who you send to is actually the most important because <laughs> you could you could have a bad email and still get a response if you you know identify somebody who has like a real pain or a real issue and you know and there are ways to find out like the trigger events or like who you know based on your product or service already has a need for that and mm-hmm. like the the metaphor I use is like if you're going fishing and you know imagine there's three lakes you're going to choose from and the first lake has lots of fish in it right and the second lake you go to has lots of fish that are big and these like these are just these giant fish and the third lake you go to has all these you know big fish and they have a lot of them but they're also really hungry mm-hmm. and they're actually hungry for what you have yeah so the, the first step is identify the right lake for you. You know, where are the fish that are big, that are hungry, that you can identify, that you that will actually uh, bite at what you have? Because really, it's kind of like casting a line. You're, you know, you're, you're sending the email, you know, do you have these issues? Do you have these, like, these problems? Here's an opportunity for you. What do you think? You know, if it makes sense, you know, let me know how your calendar looks. So for the people that don't respond, we can assume since we're doing a bunch of work, 
up front to identify like what we're going to send them and, and actually create an opportunity. Most people, when they send an email, it's like, hey, let me tell you about me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my name is Brian Kreuzberger. I'm the founder of Breakthrough Email. I really think we should talk, you know? We've been in business for 25 years and blah, 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 yeah. right? Like, and, and, you know, because I, I, people that go to our website, Breakthrough Email, will send me their emails. And I, and I see what people are sending. It's just like, man, people aren't responding because you're just talking about yourself. It's like if you went on a date with somebody and all, all you did is just talk about yourself uh, and, and, and you hadn't even met them, right? They're not going to be interested. Hmm. Uh, so you, know, you want to engage them and you want to make the opportunity about them versus let me tell you about you know, me. And, and that's, that's kind of the first mistake, let me tell you about me. How people normally think about it is like what subject line do I use? You know, it's all the subject lines. You just need to get them opened and then they'll respond. But if you send them crap, which most people are, uh, I mean, if you're getting one to two percent response rate, three, you know, three to five percent, there's something wrong, mm-hmm. right? Ninety-seven percent of people are saying silently, they're saying, no, thank you. Uh, so within your strategy, you know, identify your top 10 customers and then I would just go after the competitors of those customers if you can. Uh, you know, if you don't have customers yet, there's like another process to that and we can, you know, I, like identify that. The great thing about emailing is you can connect with anybody. You know, pretty much anybody in the world checks their own email because, you know, in, especially in any business or any organization, they don't outsource it to their assistants because, you know, their boss, their, their shareholders, their board members, their, you know, everybody is emailing them. And that's like, it's the number one form of communication. Everyone's going back and forth. You know, how many phone calls do we jump on a day? How many emails do we, you know, send or respond to? Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm reminded of of something uh, someone said recently, which, you know, triggered, I guess, an insight for me. But that was this idea of like, so we're talking about sales on the phone, actually. This was like, you know, closing deals on the phone. And um, I remember we were chatting about this idea of, you know, I was thinking like how to sell out, what am I selling? Like I was putting a lot of attention and uh, energy into focusing on that. I wasn't really making that much progress. And then one day we're chatting and uh, he, he mentioned something that um, was basically what you just said. Like 80% of this game is who you're selling it to. How you sell it, well, I think it was about 70% say who you're selling it to. Maybe 10, 20%, maybe 20% of it is how you sell it. Uh, or, yeah, and then maybe 10% is just what you sell. So what you sell is relatively easy to figure out. The how's you need to learn that, but the ultimate, that the highest value thing, the most important thing, is who you're actually trying to talk to. So yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're trying to you're trying to find a product customer match. Yeah, right. And so the the more skilled you are at identifying, you know, who it is. Now, most entrepreneurs, salespeople, business owners, that first year they're kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall, right? Like they just kind of don't know what's going to stick. I mean, for us. Like I was really committed and excited about, you know, working with entrepreneurs uh, and, you know, I was always in sales and I didn't think like, okay, you know, I'm not going to focus on sales. I, I really want to work with entrepreneurs. That's who I want to because they're going to go out, take a risk, create something, change something in the world and make the world better if they can just learn to connect with those people because they don't necessarily have all the sales skills, you know, I'll give them that. And what I found is that, you know, a lot of the entrepreneurs, they were just in love with their product, right? They're in love with designing it and getting in the middle of it and working on their website and, you know, doing, you know, everything that they do. And they didn't really have a sales issue yet. 
in a couple of years, they're going to say, how am I going to grow my business? How do I get more customers? I just want more customers, right? But yeah. like, there's always that lag time before like you realize what business you're in. Yeah. And the salespeople are like, man, I hate cold calling. What am I going to do today? I can't pick up the phone another time, you know, another day. Like I just refuse to do it. So they just like, jumped on everything. And, you know, and what I realized is that, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, I was the customer. And when I originally went out to entrepreneurs, I didn't get much traction. And I said to myself, listen, I know this needs to be like, I can't die without like sharing this with people mm. just because the whole process is so brutal. And, um, and it's so easy once you know all the steps. And, and so that's why I shifted the focus to, you know, predominantly most of, you know, most of our customers are salespeople or business owners who have a sales team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then once you've done that, once you've, because I think, I feel like that, you know, that's partly what's happening. I've been doing this for three years, oh, about three years. I was in the Philippines when I started in 2012, I think it was the first invoice I sent. So just over three years ago. As I've been traveling around and, for, and, and having a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's been good. So maybe doing project work. So it's, you know, once a you know, job's finished, I can then take some time off and relax, that sort of thing. But now it's like, all right, well, I want to build a business that's going to that's gonna keep like a system that makes money even when I'm not there, even when I'm not selling and marketing and getting on the phone and that sort of thing. And so part of that's realizing that the, the decision to try and do that was probably sometime in the last six to 12 months. But then it's only sort of in the last few that it's like, oh, I never actually defined who I was trying to reach for, for the last two and a half years. Um, and that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made because that then changes, that then makes every other step that comes after that, what, you, you know, what I was selling and how I was selling it, it makes all those steps infinitely harder. So, Yeah, your, your customers are dictating your business versus you dictating your customers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you'll get busy and all of a sudden like, you know, Hey, I don't want to work with these type of customers and you kind of, you know, you keep graduating up. Uh, but you know, from what I found, you know, selling to GE, Absolute, Bank of America, MasterCard, you know, all, all these just giant organizations, you know, they would spend 10 times more money with us. And, you know, the, what they asked for from us was, you know, a quarter, like, or 20% of what the small businesses asked for us, you know, for the same yeah. amount of money yeah. or for, you know, 10% of the money. Yeah. And, and when I was really, uh, you know, when things were really going well, I ad- identified that, like, man, these five customers are bringing in tons of revenue and I need to just double down on them and all their competitors because there's certain nuances about what it is that we do and how the customers respond. Now, I don't know everybody's business, but, you know, we have 25,000 people on our email newsletter list and, you know, I, I could go out and interview everybody to figure out what to put in their email or they could go out and interview their own customers. And if you interview your customers, so if you have e-commerce customers, you need to identify, like the email really is just, an, you're creating an opportunity for the other person. How can I create an opportunity for somebody else? So if you email me and say, hey, do you want to be on on, on my podcast? That is a built-in opportunity for a cold email, right? So like the opportunity is, do you want to market your shit? (laughs) You know, do you want to market your your company or your product? Do you have a reason to get there out there in the world? I have an audience and they're in alignment with you, right? Do you want to talk? Yeah. So, you know, it's only one opportunity. Uh, I typically in an email will go through five different opportunities. I call it the deep sea fishing technique. Mm. And so have you ever been like a uh, deep sea fishing? Never, no. I've been fishing. 
Okay. So do you know the difference between deep sea fishing and, I've got no you know, idea. so, you know, say you're in a, in a river, you have your line, you throw it in the water, right? You know, maybe you catch a fish, maybe you don't. Deep sea fishing, you know, you have five, 10 lines in the water and you're trolling. So you're trying to catch, you know, multiple fish. So if you go to the e-commerce company, I don't necessarily know what specifically, the, specifically their issue is. I could show you probably how to find out you know, a bunch of issues that they have kind of like reverse hack based on, you know, what's on their website and what, you know, what they're posting online, mm. but your customers do. So we want to match your current e-commerce customers to your prospective prospects because your current customers are going to think exactly like your current prospects or very similar at least. And they're going to have similar issues. So if you have, you know, five, 10 e-commerce companies. It sounds like you've got a couple. So at least we have a starting point. Yeah. But when you're in, when you're out there talking to customers, you're going to be essentially interviewing them. Like what's your pain? What's your issue? Here's, you know, here's what we could do to potentially solve it. You want to, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, but he says, um, you want to influence people based on what they're already, you know, what you want to influence people based on what already influences them. Yeah. So, you know, when you go in, into your meeting or you're talking to you know your current customer hey before we started working together what were your issues what was your fear what was your frustration what was your desire most people what i found they they'll say that they want certain things but they they only want or you know they only desire that or want that because of something that they're frustrated by hmm. right like i want to do email marketing because why yeah because you want more customers you know, I want to do cold emailing because I hate to cold call, you know, and I hate to cold call because I, you know, I fear the rejection, you know, on the other line. It feels like a waste of time. You know, I want to find a better way. And, you know, and as you kind of unfold the emotions behind it. So our job in an email is to, is to first, uh, so we're kind of moving from, from who to what, right? So to determine what to send, talk to your current customers and, and just ask them before we were working together. And when people normally interview people, they'll interview them from the perspective of, uh, you know, how is life now, yeah. right? Like a, like a testimonial or something. But like, what was your life like before we met, right? You go to the doctor's office, your, you know, your shoulder hurts, you know, tell me about how you felt, you know, when you came to the office or before you came to the office. Why did you come to the office that day, Right. You know, it's like, well, my shoulder was hurting, but like, you know, I woke up one day and my arm was numb and it was three, three or four minutes before I got circulation back and it just scared the shit out of me, you know? And I was like, I got to call the doctor, you know, it's been two months, but like that moment, something changed. Hmm. And so we want to like, we want to identify within the e-commerce company, what is it that, you know, what is it that they're frustrated by? What do they fear? You know, what do they desire? Uh, now, can you answer that from, like, say, from the perspective of any of your clients? Um, there's a few things. I think some clients, well, some people, I've heard of one company right now. They're not a client. Just, just, let's, let's just, let's just uh, I want to deal with certainty, yeah. right? So, like, who is a client that you have that you actually talk to? Or, yeah. or somebody that you haven't worked with, but you have talked to them? Okay. Can you think of it? Anybody like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So like I don't want to go off of websites. I don't want to go off of like – I want to go off of like real human, you know, the phrases that they say because we actually take the phrases that they say and then we put those into the email. 
Um, now, for everybody who like wants like a cold email template, we'll like include you know a, a template that you guys can use. But I want to get into like what's most important about this. So like, think of think think of that client. Uh, can you can you share their first name? Um, you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, well, let's skip the name. Okay, so you you can think of the person, right? Yeah. So before you were working with them, what were they frustrated by? They were frustrated because I had tens of thousands of email addresses in their database and they'd heard that email marketing could be used to generate a large amount of revenue from that, but they, haven't done, they hadn't done anything on it and they didn't have the skills or the expertise to do anything about it. So why were they frustrated? Missed opportunity. It was a huge missed opportunity. And how'd they feel about it? Um, that, that fear of missing out or that fear of you know when you have a business... And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you get in a business to... Wait, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Uh, I want you to just be that person, right? So I'm you and I'm interviewing you. Okay. 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 So because because at, at one point you started going into, like, I could tell it was like that fear of missing out. It's yeah. like, it's like, I don't know the answer, but it kind of maybe sounds like this. Yeah. Uh, so you're that person. Okay. So you have 10, how many email addresses do you have? You have 50,000. Okay, you have fifty thousand email addresses, and you're not doing any. So how do you, like how do you feel about you know not gener- generating any revenue with your email addresses? It feels like a complete waste. We've got all this, you know, it's like it's like an untapped resource. Um, yeah, it feels like we have this. We've built up a uh, you know substantial business, and um, and we're always looking for ways to grow it. And we invest all this money in advertising and uh, marketing on the side and designing and all of that. But here we have this database that we've never really touched. And no, why is that? Why haven't you touched it? Um, for a long time, I just didn't think that you know email was. I just thought that um, I never even thought to email. It. And you know, if if anyone ever mentioned it, I, I just was like, well, no one even does that. No one opens those emails. No one buys from that sort of stuff. So I didn't think it was even worthwhile. Um, but then, obviously, over time, started you know different. I've been in masterminds or conferences, things like that. I started to hear more about this, you know, this email marketing thing. That it was actually that it wasn't just this sort of spammy idea that no one actually bought from, but it was actually a viable way to generate revenue for my company. So um, why would you do it now? Because now I'm curious. Now and now I'm like, I've got this database and I want to see if it works. Because if it does work, I mean that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe millions of dollars to the company. And that's like that we don't have right now. So why don't why haven't you done that before? Right? Like you've kind of known about it for a while. It sounds like you you know you have some other expertise like why haven't you sent emails to the list i think a hard part and this is actually from the mouth of someone i spoke to last week who has a store is you know it's easy to find a designer or it's easy to find someone to edit the website or it's easy to find a lot of those sort of straightforward things but email is a very specialized skill especially yeah it's just a very specialized thing um so i could have a guy wait can i can i have you go back go back to the other guy what would he have said what would he have said what was the question uh, the question why was, why haven't you done it? You've known, it, you've known about it for a couple of years, but why haven't you done anything about it? Um, probably it's probably laziness for just being busy running, you know, busy with the day-to-day operations of the business. We um, just haven't had time to sort of invest in this area. And it's been on the, it's one of those things, you know, as, as, as a business owner, every, you know, we all know we all put stuff on the list and it just sits there for a long, long, long time until we, you know, make time for it because we never actually just happen to have time. So there was that and there's just the idea that I didn't have anyone on the team that I could really trust to take care of it because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's no one, like I said, no, like no one specialized, like I don't have someone who specialized in this and, I, you know, if I do it, I want to do it properly. What was the real reason he, he finally pulled the trigger? Like what was like the event that led him to like actually saying, 
yes, I want to work with you. Let's do this. Like as in what prompted him to call me in yeah, the first place? Yeah, what like what happened right before? Um, and you may not know the answer. What happened right before? Um, I don't remember specifically, though I do remember it was something – He'd been to a mastermind or he'd heard about it before. Let me, let me uh, take a step back. So I keep asking you why and yeah. qualifying things because, th- because why tells me your motivation, Yeah. right? So if I'm going to write an email to somebody and I want to influence them based on what already influences, influences them, I don't want to convince them. Like one thing I've learned taking over a thousand sales meetings, especially with guys who are like in their 50s and 60s and they have you know a thousand sales reps who are really good all calling on them, like I'm not going to outsmart these guys, yeah. right? I'm not going to like do some sort of presentation and like, you know, wow them and they'll say, yes, Brian, you know, you know, your guarantee is so amazing. Like we're in, they're like, you know, no, no, let me tell you about me. Like, because I don't care about you. Yeah. Uh, so, to, so we have to identify through questions, like what is it that, that are, that motivates them and, and really like what's their pain, right? So what's their fear, their frustration or what's their desire. And you need to be in real pain, you know, because there's an opportunity cost of like, why am I going to take your meeting? Because that's really in a cold email what somebody's trying to decide to do. Like, is it worth my time to meet with you? Out of the million things that I have and you're making a request, like, why do I care? Yeah. So, you know, asking your clients why, 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 uh, and, and um, you know, which gets you to, so like a, an idea to, to think about this, imagine like an onion and you're peeling back the layer of the onion. You know, it's kind of the common metaphor, but imagine a Tootsie Roll in the middle of that. So you got to get to the Tootsie Roll and like, and then you got to like lick the outside of it and get to the, like the, you know, the crunchy part. Yeah. So when you're asking your clients, like there, there's gold in there, but a lot of times we just, you don't even know. Right. Or, you know, the kind of the first level or second level of the onion. Mm. We want to get to like, you know, like really like what was going on, you know, with this email list and how did, you know, what was your fear, right? Like the fear might be, well, I don't want to send an email to 50,000 people and piss them off or send them something that's incongruent with what we're doing or hurt our chances somewhere else. Or, you know, like, so there's, there's that, I mean, you said, um, you know, somebody to do it properly or, you know, trust to take care of it, right? Trust is, that's fear, Yeah. right? I'm afraid something might happen. Uh, Plus, I don't have the time. Uh, The frustration, the frustration we'd probably have to dig into, like the revenue and what you're frustrated by and how how are the other things working that you're doing, Mm. perhaps. I'm not sure because we haven't got to it yet. But there's something underlying the iceberg that, like, is motivating this person to do it. Yeah. Um, and so, so our job when you interview is you want to, so, you know, what is your fear? What is your frustration? What is your desire? And we want probably four or five that you've heard a couple different times from different clients, right? So like I'll go out, interview five or 10 clients and then, you know, you find that like, man, these six or seven I've heard multiple times, yeah. right? Or these three I've heard three times each, you know, these, you know, these two I've heard twice and these like a bunch of different people like, you know, said different, said it at different times. Uh, so you, you want to identify and in your, in your email, in your paragraph, like, Hey, here are the five ways I might be able to help you. And I don't know which of those five are going to hit that person, you know, and say, Oh man, he's speaking to me, but 
you know, in, you know, copywriting, copywriting, advertising, the sake, you know, connect with them where they're already at or connect with them, you know, based on what they're already thinking about. Mm. So we want to reference something that's already going on. So that's like in coaching, one of the things I've learned in coaching, you know, use metaphors, give somebody an example. Like when I describe the three lakes and the fish and the, the big fish and the biting fish and, you know, that I gave you a picture in your mind and, you know, in writing people think in pictures uh, and, you know, we want to like speak as we talk and then ha- like create a picture in their mind and connect with them based on what is already going on in their world. And the great thing, uh, and, and there's two other reasons that you, that why picking a niche is really good, uh, that you didn't mention. One is you're an expert in it, right? So if you go and have five clients that are all in e-commerce, all of a sudden you're taking one, you know, my best idea is I was taking one idea from one client, which was frankly their idea or what they were trying to do. And then I was going into another meeting a week later and saying, Hey, have you ever thought about this or tried to do this? Hmm. Is that something you'd be interested in? And then, oh, you know what? Gosh, you know, we were just talking about that, you know, or like, Oh, that's, you know, that's a really good idea. How would that work? Or, uh, you know, I haven't really, you know, what is that? Or no, that's not really like something we, we care about. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. and. And what you're doing is you're becoming an expert in that category. And the deeper and deeper and deeper you get into it, the you know the kind of the the bigger moat you have uh, because you become that much better and uh, that much more of an expert. And then the other is uh, the credibility, right? So in an email, they may not know you, and I think you do this in your email, like, hey, you know, I have a list. I think you know this many people listen to it. These are, these are the other people I've interviewed, right? So you do want to name drop a couple of your clients because you haven't heard about Breakthrough Email, but you know just the fact that I'm on this uh, podcast, it gives me a certain level of credibility. But if I've used the system for McDonald's and GE and Best Buy and Absolute Vodka and Home Depot and you know all these different you know types of organizations, hmm. um, there's implied credibility there. So when you you know include in, in the email template just on breakthroughemail.com uh, uh, that that last sentence of the second paragraph some clients include that, that's the 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 peak end hypothesis so the, at the end of the paragraph the last thing they're going to remember is the last thing you wrote yeah so we want to emphasize that so we want to tell them like hey you're uh, Burger King. I've also worked with, you know, um, Taco Bell and McDonald's and, you know, Cluck You Chicken, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. They're going to take your meeting and I've seen the responses from people. It's like, hey, they've met with these guys. So we should at least, at least take a look at it. Yeah. Okay. And then, so a question with that is if you, because sometimes you work with McDonald's, everyone's going to know who McDonald's is. But what if you just yeah. worked with clients in an industry where they're unlikely to know who they are? But there's still clients in the industry. Uh, if it doesn't help you, then don't include it. And, and you can find like other you know, forms of credibility, right? So like how many, how many people have you like in, influenced or have heard your thoughts on email marketing? Mm, yeah, probably hundreds like, of thousands, I guess. Like pick a number. Oh, 150,000. Okay. And how much increased revenue do you think if you estimate like per person – have you helped them increase? Ah, oh, per person, I have no idea. Just guess. Just pick a number. Um, something, something conservative that you're like comfortable with. It might be ten thousand dollars per person. Okay, let's use five. 
Five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like let, I, let's let's just be super conservative, okay. right? Yeah. So if we take one hundred fifty thousand times five thousand, that's seven hundred fifty million. Yeah. So in your email, like maybe you don't have something, you know, a client that they know, right? But you know, I I've. I've helped over 150,000, you know, email marketers and copywriters generate over $750 million in new sales. Right. It's $750,000 in sales. Um, No, $750 million. Because, but didn't you say, oh, you said $5,000 per person. I thought you meant $5. Um, Okay. You said $10,000, I said $5,000. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. I thought you meant $5, not $5,000. But yeah, if you do $5,000, it's $750 correct. Yeah, it's a big number. Yep. So, so their fear, right? The person, the person that you're writing to has a fear. Will this waste my time? Yeah. And most emails, when you look at it, you know, like you read it and you're like, this person obviously hasn't spent the time to really figure out like what the opportunity for me is. They don't get it. I'm not going to take the meeting. No, thanks. I'm not going to respond because if I respond, you know, it's like I'll, I'll have to send a cease and desist letter for them to like, you know, give up yeah. because people are like, hey, it's a numbers game. Just be persistent. It takes 12 contacts. It doesn't take 12 contacts. You know, you can write four emails and get 80% of the companies to respond, but you have to know what to, what to say. And we actually prepare a lot more to determine what exactly to say to create the opportunity for the other person. Right. We we need to like get in their mind, like be in their shoes and think how they feel. So if we can have empathy for them and really understand like man, this is this is what's going on with the, with this person or what I imagine is going on with this person and here's how I could help them in their life. You get that email and you're like, "Man, you know, I don't know what it was about your email, but there was something about it. Like, I'll take your meeting." Yeah. You know, or or you use the um the waterfall technique where you, you know, we get into, it's like, th- it, like when you're thinking like them, we can do like really amazing things. So like the waterfall technique is, you know, get to the decision maker by going above everyone who they report into and you know, have them delegate it down, right? So the CEO may not have to meet with you of, you know, Best Buy, but the VP of marketing is your point of contact or your, your target, you know, write to the CEO, write to the CMO, write to like the VP of advertising and tell them all you wrote to each other and use like the, the inherent social leverage already in any organization uh, to your advantage and, and do, you know, do what C- – get the CEO to do what he already does really well, which is delegate, mm. right? So like I came up with that idea – you know, based on, I mean, reading mostly just about psychology, but just thinking in terms of the customer, like what is, what is already going on in their world? I'm some 25 year old sales rep in New York city trying to get a meeting with somebody who I know everyone's telling me, no, that's not how it's done. You can't get a meeting with this person. But I just thought, okay, what's going on in their world? You know, what does this person think about? And, you know, part of their job in any business, whether in Thailand or Colombia or New York or Germany, is to do a good job in the eyes of the person that you report into. Yeah. You know, in a lot of jobs, that's like half your job. Is, you know, they, they may think you're amazing at it, but if you don't play the game, especially at large organizations, um, you know, they're not going to keep you around. Right, right. Okay, okay. This is solid, man. This is really good stuff. What do you what do you like about it? What I think I, I like to focus on um, 
the strategy over what to say in the email. I thought we we're going to spend um, spend the podcast talking about what the actual email says, but this is, I think, this is much better. And I, I hope the I hope uh, the listener thinks so too. One thing I wanted to ask you about, though, which is sort of a side note on on all of this stuff, is you mentioned sort of back towards the beginning. You mentioned that um, you're going after these big clients. You're going after like Absolute McDonald's, G, these sort of clients, sure. um, and they'll pay ten times more for the same thing that you'd be offering to. A small business, or basically, like they'll come in, they'll pay ten times more, but they won't. They'll like their demands. They won't be anywhere as near as demanding as some of the small business clients who pay way less. Sure. And so that's it's interesting that you say that because then other people, another take on this is that if you go after enterprise, if you go after people, you know, companies over a certain point of revenue, the sales cycle gets too long, and it becomes a whole bunch of bureaucracy, and just managing the whole thing becomes a nightmare. And you know they, you know the argument goes that therefore you should work with small businesses because then you're, you know, it's just all easier, it's faster, it's you know, blah blah blah. But it sounds like your strategy has been to go after some of the biggest companies that, like, you know, the biggest companies out there that could use your system. So that'd be like the equivalent of me going after. I mean, I doubt Amazon needs help with the email marketing, but Amazon's probably the biggest e-commerce company. Listen, there's there. somebody at Amazon who's saying yeah, they may be better at it than you know than you or I, right? But yeah. There's somebody there who says, man, how can we increase this 2%? Because <laughs> 2% means you know, $2 billion or something. Yeah, else. like there's somebody there that's racking their brain to try and figure out a way, right? right. They may be a thought leader, but you know, I was a swimmer. You know, Michael Phelps is still trying to figure out like, okay, you know, I know you know, I, I won eight gold medals, but I'm trying to make the next year's Olympics. What do I do <laughs> right? to like make the team? Uh, so there's always now, but they may not have pain. They may not have an issue now. A long sales cycle. So within our 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 system or our training, getting the meeting is the first step, right? I break de- sales down into like a, a two step process. This is by uh, Gary Benson Vega, the copywriter. Yeah. You know, opening the sale and closing the sale. So opening the sale, you could do email marketing, you could do advertising, you could do like, you know, content marketing, you could do cold email, cold calling, like whatever, direct mail, trade shows, whatever gets you there. I liked email, I like cold emailing because I got to choose who I was writing to. And what I found in sales, especially with large organizations, there could be three people, there could be 500 people at the company that could hypothetically take a meeting with me, but there was typically only one person who is going to say yes. There's lots of people that could say no to me. So like imagine a uh, a 16-year-old who wants to buy a a car and he goes on the car lot, tells the the salesperson like, hey, you know, my parents said I could buy any car I want. I really want the red Mustang. So they do the test drive. He's like, yeah, it's my birthday. They said I can get, you know, the kid's rich, the family's rich. So the salesperson's like, done deal. Like, you know, mom and dad come the next week to, you know, to go to the car lot. All of a sudden, Mom has a totally different opinion of what kind of car her son should have, you know, and, and the dad has a totally different feel for, you know, what kind of car his son should have. Like they don't want to buy him a sports car, right? Yeah. Like they're, they ha- they're going to buy him something totally different. So in, in sales on that second process, when you say, hey, I have a, a long sales cycle, people aren't converting, you have to look at like why that is. It's because you never actually were even talking to the person who could make make the decision, mm. you know, and, and people will say, well, we're in talks with these people, you know, like when, when I hear somebody say we're in talks with, it's like, they don't know what they're doing. 
to influence a person. And, and, and no offense because I was there too, right? Like one of my first sales calls, I was like inside and I finally got to outside sales. It was my second job. I was meeting this lawyer and I shook his hand and like my hands would always get like really sweaty before like a meeting. And like I'd have like a napkin in my pocket and he like turned to me and my, my CEO. He's like, are you nervous? He, thankfully, he's looking at my CEO. He's like, no, why? He's like, oh, because I just shook your hand and like or one of your hands and like it was all sweaty. And I like my stomach dropped. I was like dying inside Yeah. Uh, because I didn't know what to do. You know, and I thought like you do pr- presentations and you follow up. Not not the case. Not what I recommend. Uh, so. When it comes to larger sales cycles, you need to, you need to identify what to do. At the very least, have the opportunity to get in your foot in the door. Because if you ask a lot of questions, if you ask the right questions, you can start, you know, understanding like, what is their frustration? What are they, what are they trying to do? What do they want? Why do they want to do it? Why, you know, why now? And, and then you could potentially present what you do as the solution. Um, but it, it's all about asking questions and, and then you will continue, continue to adapt. Like, uh, people who get funding, you know, they'll say, oh, 122 VCs said no to him. And it was the 123rd that said yes. And, and they're typically highlighting like persistence, but do you think the 122nd meeting looked like the seventh meeting? No, no. No, it's totally different. Right, because it's like you've been doing it for like two years or three years, yeah, and you start to get a little bit smarter as far as what to do. Now, if you never get the meeting, you have no chance. Uh, but when you realize that, like, you can just use an email, and and I had no resources, like I couldn't. I was a salesperson. I couldn't influence marketing. Marketing wasn't generating the leads for us. You know, I hated a cold call, so I figured, and, and the customer hated it. Like I hate when I get telemarketing calls, so why should I do what I already know people hate? And I'd hear their voice like, oh, I thought you were something else, somebody else. Hmm. You know, that's the only, like 4% of people pick up the phone when you call them. So I, I lost my train of thought, but like the idea is you can do it. Oh, it, sorry, the, the second half of the sale. You just need to identify like what are what's really going wrong. And most of the time, you just don't know what's going wrong because you haven't taken formalized sales training. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then so so basically the, so the, the end of all, all that then is basically like you can go after – well, like the enterprise doesn't have to have a long sales cycle. The, the, the trick is just talking to the right person and the sale can happen very quickly. And then as far as – the actual work, and then that's just how you structure the deal and how you. I mean, that's that's probably a different issue. Um, the work, yeah, the work is. I mean, the, the, you just want to like map your solution to whatever it is that ails them. Yeah. Right. So, like, if you're an acupuncturist or you're like a um, like uh, a you know a normal doctor or you're a say neurologist, if somebody comes in with like migraines and pounding headaches. Like they're each going to give them a different solution to the same problem. Yeah. So like whatever your solution is, just map it to the problem of the headache, you know, whatever their issue is. Don't, don't say, hey, I can really fix your shoulder and your posture and something else that they don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I want to keep, you know, what's funny is I actually, well, I want to keep going. It's been so, it's been so good so far. Listen, I'm, I'm here to... I'm here to provide value. So if you if you want to go a little bit longer, we can. I've I've actually got I would, but I've actually got to go. I've got another call in about five minutes to get to. 
Um, but this has been great. I think this is really helpful. And you've got, so as far as the actual template goes, let's talk about that. Let's spend the last few minutes talking about what, what you actually offer. You've got breakthrough email and then you've got a, uh, a paper lead uh, style approach that you also do. So can you tell, tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So um, let's see where to start. So I'll start at the, the cheapest, which is free. So you get a breakthrough email. Dot com. Just download our template, uh, try it out. You know, I, I kind of I, I walk through like one of our templates. Uh, you know, we have dozens in our in our training. Uh, the second is uh, we have a course, and essentially I I've identified everything you need to do on the front end to get the meeting, and everything you need to do to convert the sale faster or convert the sales that are already in your pipeline. Uh, so there's like two modules. Uh, I think it's breakthrough email com forward slash pro but if you go to, if you go into the subscriber you'll you know you can do a webinar or learn more about it uh, and then also for organizations who have products or services that are over twenty thousand dollars and uh, we will go out and do the emailing for them so we I write the emails we send the emails we generate the leads and we do it on a per per appointment basis so I'm uh, only charging for the appointments that we send or the that we send you on, and uh, and that's how we structure that. So that's uh, to you know it has to be the the right type of company or organization. But a lot of technology companies, a lot of media companies, like all kinds of you know different types of products and services. And you know that's only and it's also only for people that are established and like they just need to kind of pour some gasoline on the business because mm-hmm. they already have a proven process. To close, they just need more leads. Uh, but to apply, it's breakthroughemail.com forward slash leads, L E A D S. But, you know, and if anybody has any questions, you can just, uh, you can actually set up a time to talk with me. Just email Megan at breakthrough email and um, we can talk. It's M E G A N. Awesome. Awesome. I'll have links to all of that in the show notes at themcmethod.com. And it'll be on there. So it's breakthroughemail.com. For the uh, the template and to join the uh, list, and then breakthroughemail.com slash leads for the paper lead uh, the paper lead system. So Brian, man, this has been epic. This has been really cool. I've learned a ton. So thank you so much for coming on and talking about it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And just connect with people. You know, just spend a little bit more time learning, whether it's from me or somebody else. Figuring, you know, really proofing your email double checking it and and send a couple emails that you've been thinking about to people because a lot of times you're surprised that people will actually respond. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.